Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that are centered on Amridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the well-fleshed-out character that is Royfield Brown. And with me are the 2D implausible persona that is... Kerry Warbis. And we are joined by the wooden piece of acting who goes by the name of... Peter Fickling. And the last part of this week's Dronologues, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum is from Fred the Dog, who's owned by Liz CB. That was doing the rounds on the Twitters last week. Many a fan of the Archers was retweeting it, and I thought, why not join the action by retweeting it and nicking it for mm-hmm. Dum Dee Dum? I had to nick it, Kerry, because we have a problem. Do you want to know what our problem is? What is it? Our vault of Dum Dee Dums is empty. Cobwebs. I went in it <laughs> on Monday. I couldn't see nada in there. Cobwebs, moths, everything flew out the vault. So we absolutely oh do dear. need folks to send us in a dum-de-dum. If they are so minded to do such a thing, Kerry, how can that be done? Yes, you don't want me getting my recorder out or anything. Uh... I'd love to listen. <laughs> desperate times call for desperate okay. measures. <laughs> Um, or I'll get my daughter to do it on the piano, maybe. So, if someone wants to send us a dumpty dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105, leave us a message on SpeakPipe, or send a text message starting with dumb 
to 077-862-00690. Also, breaking news, um, entries for the Archers Flower and Produce virtual one um, should be submitted under the hashtag TheArchersFP for this year's show by the 26th of August. And the categories for this are fruit and veg, flowers, animals, food, arts and crafts. And the judges of this year's show will be Carl Bovis. Oh, uh, yeah, he's a a nature photographer. Lovely. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Sharon Goodyear. She does uh, incredibly good work. She runs a big charity whose name I forget, but she does worthy things and she's awesome. Lovely. And the Brummy Archers superfan that is... Lenny Henry. Lenny Henry. No, you're not... Jeff (laughs) Carrot. No, it's none other than our Royfield. What? Really? (laughs) And he's bribable, apparently. Really corrupt. I've got Trump levels of corruption. (laughs) Bring on your cakes, uh, money and brown paper bags, all sorts. I can be bought (sighs) and I'm quite nakedly honest about it mm. so just uh, i will abuse my position Love uh come hella high water thanks to our new social media supremos cosmo for his podcast roundups mike hatton for his character counts shambridge for her voices and to lucy b freeman on this week's episode we hear views from glenn oh me, i love me some glenn the upper low east west side it's witherspoon brian we got cheryl and we have uh my new best friend sarah spilsbury from uh Smethic, just outside of birmingham but first it's our pressing topic of the week And this week's pressing topic is Linda Hertz, Robert feels her pain, and we agonise for them both. Now, Peter, you nominated this as the thing we should talk about, so I'm coming to you first, sir. Fair enough. Yeah, um, I think Linda and Robert are sort of unique in the Archers in that they they cover the full range and do all of it well. So, mm-hmm. and, and there's a couple as well. So there are individual characters like Eddie and you know Lillian maybe who can who can still pull out all the stops. But as a couple, we get the, you know, we, we get the interaction as well. So you can have the light comedy of Robert fretting over Edmund. Um, even when Linda's, you know, down at heart in the garden, she's still joking with Monty. And then, you know, minutes later or a couple of episodes later, Linda is writhing in agony in the garden and the acting is still, you're still connecting to it and it's real. And I think, you know, that it, it sort of, so when she is in pain, when she is lying there and when Robert is worrying about her, you'll, truly and deeply connected to them and i think you know for i I was really quite upset this week before them and genuinely concerned what do you reckon warburton yeah i mean they're a wonderful pair aren't they they clearly adore each other and you believe that about them as well i think um and and um it, it was each of them wants to accommodate the other don't they? They're sort mm. of thinking about the other one, not themselves, which is rather sweet. Um, but if they actually did talk to each other about what's going on properly, if Linda was saying, I'm struggling, Robert would gladly help out. But she's too sort of thinking about him having his own life to allow it and trying to be super strong herself. 
Yeah, and it and that definitely heightened the kind of the sort of um, agony because obviously they were so close to having mm. an easy solution. Just one honest conversation about how they both felt about the situation and so much of it could have been cleared up and they could both could have had a much easier day. Yeah, it's like most of their agony is worrying about the other person. Yeah, apart from the actual agony of riding around on the floor with third-degree burns True. and half your scalp missing, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, the hot, and the hot topic music sounds a bit like casualty, I think, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the... One of the great things about this relationship, and we've always been big Robert and Linda fans here at Dum Dum, is it is by far the warmest of... I was going to say by far it's the most warmest of, of all relationships. I don't know if it is by far, but it is the one which you, you believe it mm. from every angle, that Robert is devoted to Linda, Linda is devoted to Robert. But there, but there is nuance in that Robert does at times have to gently admonish and chide, you know, mm. chide her, you know, very gently and say, Linda, you know, Lindy, sorry, um, you might have overstepped the mark here or there. And she does defer to him. And she has at times said that, you know, she does uh, go about doing things without necessarily thinking of his feelings, but mm. their affection for each other is just writ large in every scene, which yeah. made, for me, uh, the, the scenes post her her accident and when she was you know in the hospital and the ag agony that they both felt uh linda physical mm. and then she and the fact that she was hurting the one that she loved through her actions because yeah. she was just so angry at being reduced and then robert just wanting to help mm -hmm. and, in, and in many ways he was infantilizing mm -hmm. her and you know wasn't allowing her her mm -hmm. own agency and i just thought that was just so brilliantly written so well acted and just so so movingly portrayed and yeah. it's his hobby as well you know he's a um he's a doctor isn't he mm. and you know he, he it's extraordinary extraordinarily good actor uh, and and yeah when he was um getting cross with sorry you're going to have to remind me who is he absolutely furious with for calling at the hospital. him um, Robert, was it when he was oh going, it was instead it of was, Mr. Uh, uh, um, a moss philip moss. moss philip moss yeah yeah and you know at the time at the time obviously we didn't know that the, the full depth of um i did philip... oh, sorry, <laughs> oh, sorry us mere mortals us tragically lowered piglety creatures hadn't yet worked out <laughs> hadn't tapped into the sublime you know the the mm. other um but yeah and it was he was that was very that was a different side to robert and yeah. again you know well acted yeah. yeah yeah and and um i think it's so much more um pressing because linda's a powerhouse isn't she usually so this has like you say royford re reduced her to something she really isn't comfortable being which is really mm. passive. Um, she did talk, didn't she, sort of rather movingly about reconciling that and starting to move into a new phase of her life. She was talking about having to go out there and see people and sort of maybe accept that that's how she's going to be seen now mm. and this is part of her new life. And, and on the surface, you might think that, that Lindy is super bossy, always in charge, but you're right, Royfield, sometimes Rob, Robert does need to sort of nudge her a bit and she takes mm. the nudging and the freddie yeah. plot line as well prior to the accident mm. where freddie had sort of really put a dent in her uh, confidence or her certainty and sort of shown that her sort of um 
you know, Occam's razor approach to sort of just solving every pro mm. problem can sometimes cause others. Yeah. And also, I'd like to mention her attitude to dealing with pain and contrast that with Adam's. Yes. In these episodes. <laughs> because no, no, she... you, two, <laughs> yes. you, two, you two have made um, have made it very clear online and offline that I am not allowed to defend Adam, but I'm gonna um, you... I'm gonna be very brave and say Peter, I'm not Peter, gonna defend feel him. Feel free, feel free yeah. to defend the indefensible. I'm not gonna you defend know. him because you but two you will are be gonna ridiculed. Attack me. You'll be <laughs> utterly ridiculed, not only by your fellow Dum Dum hosts, but the, by Archer's fandom on a whole. Well, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm arrogant enough to feel I can maybe shoulder that abuse. But um, uh, mm. even if even if Adam is not necessarily always putting his best foot forward, he has been rather cruelly juxtaposed throughout the, the monologue. Which he'd injured. No, but it's you know it's it's his it's his luck, isn't it? Well, it's by design, obviously. But you know, from a kind of like if we're you know if if we're fully immersed in the archers, it's his luck to be sort of doing his monologues next to Linda when he's been injured. You know, if it was next to I don't know, um, Russ had sort of sprained a toe, uh, you know, dropping a painting or something, then that would be a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. But he's always going to come across badly. I mean, Kerry was saying he was he sounded a bit awkward next to next to the mm. wonderful Lindy. Well, yeah, just a different attitude to life in general, really, is, is what he's got. He's, you know, interminably moaning and tired and sighing and droning, whereas she's a chirruping, lively, wanting to crack on individual. And she's even got time to worry about Monty's feelings. Mm. I mean, exactly. she's like, oh, you know, poor Monty, you you know, you just want your old owner back. And obviously there's a kind of like there's a deep pathos to that. But, mm. uh, you know, yeah, I mean, but, but yes, you know, she was even even worrying about Monty's feelings. It was yeah. really quite dreadful. She's worrying about Monty. It's taken Adam to be locked in his home for 24 hours to realise he's got a child and, and what he should do about childcare. I, 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 this, I'm going to mix some metaphors here, but it's, I feel like I've thrown chum for the Kraken. Like Kerry is sort of like... Sort of, <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, keep well, it yeah, coming. So the, the, the morning, <laughs> the morning's going to start. Yeah. Oh God, he's he's bloody awful. Yeah, he's he. That was what um because I'm a sort of a I'm a voyeur when it comes to the um your Sunday morning tweet alongs on the uh, mm -hmm. you know for the for the omnibus. And yeah, uh, the the mauling that Adam gets is something something terrible. I know you say justifiably, but yeah, um, he's very very selfish though, isn't he? He's not thinking about Xander really. He's he's like, oh my god, I've got a baby, and maybe I could work from home. And 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 when he's when he's um talking about that, he's it's there's an interesting uh thing that usually happens in the archers which is that they get a female relative to do the childcare. that's usually what happens but he's kind of twisting that and saying um you know in order for him to work from home um he's gonna get another female to totally change their career so, uh, sorry, you just you made me think. What uh, do we know? Why Linda never had children? I can't remember. I know she, can't, she couldn't have children. She couldn't have Li children. Yeah, okay, she, yeah, this has been a, an on-running thing. I mean, even down to mm -hmm. uh, oh goodness, what's her grandson called now? Um, a smudger or something? Or something very weird? Was it um... uh, Mungo? Mungo? Yeah. <laughs> Mungo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it was even mentioned. You know, the fact that she's not. Um, 
Robert's daughter snidely said once, "You're not his real grandmother," yeah. and she took it so badly. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, so they, they've played that really deftly all all the way through. Uh, whenever small children are mentioned mm. and pregnancies, yeah. there's always a little mention uh, that she always wanted to be a mother but couldn't. But but, but, but the but just 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 to come back onto the Adam thing. Mm, yeah. Just because I'm just burning to say this. Um, I can remember Ella walking for the first time. It was a Friday. I came home from work <laughs> and she just pulled herself up and started walking and her grandparents from Canada. And she knew she was doing something mm. uh, amazing because she was just laughing. Everybody was like, do it again, do it again. And mm. she'd and she'd keep walking and fall over and pick herself up. Yeah, I didn't feel <laughs> that Xander was walking for the first time. I didn't feel that sense of wonder that a parent feels seeing their child walk for the first time. Well, no, because you can't tell what Adam's emoting at any point. Slight tangent, and maybe this actually, maybe it does relate to Adam a little bit. Anyone who films their child walking for the first time is not fully engaged because, you know, you see all these videos, people supposedly filming their child walking for the first time. I was just standing there with my jaw on the floor and smiling at the same time. So a very strange look on my face. <laughs> just as Royfield was saying, just over the moon again, 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 mm. clapping your hands. Um, and yes, uh, as we were joking earlier on, there was um, Adam, like James Stewart in Rear, rear Window, <laughs> in his wheelchair, the voyeur. <laughs> Watching. What a brilliant film I, that is, by the I way. I know. You know what? Hitchcock, late mm. late fifties, holy camoly, oh. in the north by northwest. Oh, and it's and really it, technicolor rear window as well, isn't it? Well, that's what I was just about to say. It's the colours. It's yes. everything about it. It's the colours. Yep. It's the period. A wonderful, wonderful film. Yeah. And I say north by northwest. I wanted to call my clothes shop Cary Grant. I was in love with that man <laughs> from the age of eight yes. to, uh, and I'm still in love with him. So am I. Know. And so, by the sounds of it, you'd probably have more luck with him than I would, I think. <laughs> what? Because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't what I meant, no. <laughs> can, so I just, in... can I just make a point, actually, because I don't want to nick something, but the thing, the point I was making about, you know, the female, getting female relatives to do childcare or manipulating a female to change their career to suit your own needs, mm. that was completely lifted from Jenny Williams, who is a tweeter. So, you know, I thought, yes, that's such a good point. So I don't want to just plagiarise and pretend it was my idea. Oh, oh yes, and, and the rear view w window comment, we were talking about that part of the same conversation, weren't we? It was a, it was something we heard on Twitter. In conclusion, to yeah. Auntie Kerry Warburton, uh, what we saying about Robert and Lindy? Well, we worry about them and we love them and um, let no thing pull asunder, really. Can they survive this sort of miscommunication? yeah. yeah. Peter Fickling, you're you're doing this marriage thing at the moment, aren't you? Yep. Do you do you, do you look at them pair and say that is um, a model, a role model for Charlotte and I? Yeah, I, I think there's some similarities actually. Um, yeah, you know, uh, one kind of incredibly sort of obnoxious, well, superficially <laughs> obnoxious, um, willful person, and in a kind of a uh, um, a, a what's it called, a velvet glove with the iron fist. That is my lovely wife. Yes. So, uh, um, yes, I'm definitely the Lindy in the situation. Um, so yeah, no, I, see, I see a lot of uh, a lot of comparisons. Smashing. Yeah. And on that note, folks, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to press a button.
Sandridge 3962. And now we're going over to Smethwick. Hi, Royfield and all. It's Sarah from uh, Sunwell Stroke, Birmingham here. How's it going? First of all, great joy. Linda is back. But then was it joy? Because when she had a little mishap, it was... Uh, it was quite a distressing listen, and I, I came over all, come on, Linda, you can do it, you can do it, like their own personal, the little engine that could style cheerleader. So very moving, huh. very well done on the part of uh, Carol Boyd. Then a normal chunk chunk radio uh, service resumed with Adam's constant moaning. But it did amuse me, the irony, it amused me quite greatly that he doesn't want to take his meds from a bottle and he's also annoyed of Alice taking on his work. So perhaps they could switch roles because we all know uh, Alice loves anything in a bottle and uh, the booze, strokes, prescription meds combo could be all your favourite F-ups in one sloppily put together package. Either way, it's <laughs> going to be uh, kind of surprise of car crash viewing, possibly <laughs> quite literally. Oh, well, that's my uh, two pennies for the week. Uh, Sorry, a bit. Yeah, she she mentioned Carol Boyd's acting and, you know, it was superb, wasn't it, when she was in agony and, you know, crying out, I've had enough of this. She was just splendid, I thought. There are one or two um, archers, um, the archers cast, who I'm always surprised haven't had sort of bigger careers because they're Mm. such good actors it's it's a decent point piece but i think one of the things about being specifically um a voiceover actor is people have got other gigs and charlotte martin who plays susan is a case in point because you know she's a a proper head doctor and you know the work isn't necessarily doesn't come in that thick and fast uh for acting um so um, a lot of them have got other gigs. So the, Ian Pepperell, who plays Roy Tucker, owns a pub, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, they're, they're off doing other things. Mm. Interesting. I didn't know that. I, actually, I, I vaguely knew the Roy Pepperell comment about the, the running a pub, but I didn't know there were two doctors in the cast. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? It's switching up between the two. It must be so weird. <laughs> Uh, she doesn't like Adam's constant moaning. Surprise, surprise, Sarah. There's nothing new that I'm going to say, but I haven't said before. I think we all have a problem with uh, the delivery of the lines mm-hmm. uh, that the character of Adam displays. Yeah, I'm trying to put this in the most gentlest of ways. Mm. But I do also think that <clears throat> the character needs a looking at because we've seen precious little character growth i would say ever since that character came back to ambridge yes there was an affair with charlie Mm. yes there was a coupling with ian yes he's become a father oh and and the constant moaning about him not getting his recognition um at home farm constant and now he's got that position and then with his slight uh not slight very obvious uh umbrage with his uh sister 
in that, you know, she's Brian's more preferred mm. uh, child. The golden girl, as he called her. Yeah, that, yeah. Now that was odd, wasn't it? The way yeah. that... Well, no, yeah. I was talking about Debbie as opposed to Alice. Ah, oh, sorry, yes. So, yeah. so Deb, is Debbie's position with Brian would always defer to her if there was a, when Brian was running home farm in terms of big decisions with Brian wanted to think out loud, wasn't quite sure of something. Yeah. He'd ring hungry and that riled him up. Have we seen any character development with with Adam? Well, you would hope he, that you would. With you know, there but, are, but we things, haven't. Have no, we? But the things you've just described are quite sort of life changing things, aren't they? So, you know, the sort of hooking up, getting married, the uh, you know, getting the baby, getting the baby. <laughs> um, they should be things that are really interesting, shouldn't they? And exciting and. Or make you just warm to the character. You know, we've had a situation yeah. whereby Joy Horville has come in and she just sounded not to all not to all listeners, but for, you know, for the first time on mic, dreadful for that the first month. Oh my god, how the hell are we gonna deal deal with this new mm-hmm. character? And within what, six months, four months, I don't know how long she's been in it, but it's not a year. Did you not like Joy from the beginning? Well, no. she, she was a real bit, not a busybody. She she chattered incessantly, didn't she? I think yes. that was the only real thing about her that grated a little bit. She she just didn't shut up and sort of didn't really have an awareness of, um, a self-awareness when she was in a social situation maybe. But we now yeah. realise that's because... She's lonely. Super lonely, yeah. Yeah. And we've had Adam, this version of Adam, back since the mid-noughts. Mm-hmm. He's had more than enough time to ingratiate himself with us, the listeners, and he hasn't. And that isn't just the acting. It's got to be also the writing. There is no character that's been in it for that amount of time. It's when people going, oh, yeah, you know, they're an essential part of the village. But there is something about Adam... And then Adam and Ian, because I used to be a massive Ian fan. I don't know what the hell has happened with Ian. Adam happened to Ian. If you look at Justin or you look at Brian or you look at some of the other men in the village, when they go off and they're slightly pompous, self-involved, absorbed kind of business rants, you know, we all sort of, well, I don't know, I certainly do go a little bit numb and think, oh, here we go. It's like, mm. It all seems a bit implausible and dull. But then they, they're always rescued by their significant other. And um, I remember a while back, um, I think it was Witherspoon was saying that, you know, Ian and Adam don't seem plausible as a gay couple. And then um, I think we all agreed they just don't seem plausible as a couple full stop. They're almost completely sort of asexual. And so you don't have that kind of, um, you don't have that moment of them at home. So the only time you do, to Royfield's point, the only time you do see um, Adam relaxing is when he goes for to, to, to watch Ian have a temper tantrum because someone else is cooking better at a, you know, the restaurant where he works or something. There's no, you never get to see him joking around at home. You never get to see the softer side. And if you do, it doesn't come, it doesn't connect because you don't really like the couple. It, the yeah. exact opposite of Linda and Robert. You know, Linda and Robert um, playing Boggle at home would still be, you know, <laughs> some of the, one of the most entertaining episodes ever. It would. And I do think it does then ultimately come down to the delivery of the lines. I know what you mean about, you know, it's script as well. But even when there is a point where you should be emotional and should be exciting and and we should warm to him like a a child's first steps. I do try and be as positive as possible about 
all of the actors because yeah. I sort of, um, you know, despite having won several awards as a child actor, um, I, you know, um, I... Um, think, were you, you the know, Milky Bar Kid? I, you were, weren't you? You bloody looked like the Milky Bar Kid. I played, um, I played a prostitute and a teacher in a play within a play. And the review read in your own that bedroom. Were, um, were it not for my walk, I was would have been completely convincing as a woman in both roles. So, <laughs> which, yeah, the thing. I, but sometimes I do feel like they throw some of the actors some very implausible scenes. So, or very sort of overly written scenes. So, You've got Ian basically building a kind of metropolis at a papier mache with kind of yeah. like, and he's a he's a wash with um, Q-tips and pipe cleaners. Thank you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and all this stuff. And you know, there's a part of your brain that's always going, "This isn't right. This isn't right." So you know, like, and a lot of these settings are, mm. um, I think, I think the actor's given a lot of heavy lifting. Whether he could do better with it is not for me to say. But you know, mm-hmm. like, I do think, I think Adam, the character in particular, has to do a lot of very awkward um, scene manipulation. Yeah, particularly the bit about the lion in the sheep's pen or whatever it was, or the pig pen, I can't remember. There was a lion in the wrong place and all of that. And let me rearrange it how it should be. You can't milk a lion, Xander. (laughs) (laughs) I wish Adam would try and milk a lion. (laughs) Probably finish him off at last. Hey, well, listen, uh, this next caller in a he knows all about parenthood, is a proper good dad. It's Glyn, full of love. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. I must admit, I think I'm suffering from monologue fatigue, even if we are getting a little bit of dialogue now. Although it could just be that in the last week we've had a surfeit of Adam. I wish we'd heard <laughs> a little bit more uh, of him when, as Alice put it, he was away with the fairies, as surely that would have been more entertaining. <laughs> uh, talking of Alice, it does sound as if uh, Chris is beginning to realise that there's a major problem with her drinking. And Alice's criticism of Chris um, for suggesting the vodka bottle was hers was a masterpiece of um, addict self-delusion. Uh, But did we hear her insecurities and her inner belief that she can't match up to Brian's expectations Mm -hmm. of her and has never done so coming through a bit on Thursday? See how that develops. Um, One other note uh, on this week's Archers is um, the axe is yet to fall on Emma's job. Um, So perhaps uh, the caller-inner last week who suggested that uh, Fallon was going to hand over management of the tea shop to um, Emma may still be proved correct. Uh, we can but hope. Hmm. Uh, well, that's all for me for this week. I hope uh, everyone in Dumpty Dumland is staying safe. Thank you, as ever, for the podcast and for all the efforts of the new social media team. And... Um, Good week to everyone in Dumpty Dumland. Goodbye. Good week to you, Glyn, as well. Yes, there is too much, Adam. As you pointed out, Chris is starting to realise about Alice's drinking, isn't he? The finding of the empty bottle, vodka bottle that yeah. shed mm. and they, so on. I, I was quite strident in my sort of criticism of the way that they'd written um, uh, 
Alice is drinking, and um, I think that um, all of my concerns were addressed this week um, because my central problem was that um, that uh, you didn't hear Alice rec- Alice reconciling the physical um, uh, the physical detritus and um, evidence of her drinking with her fantasies because I think that's something that every even if you're in denial you've still got to somehow hear that reconciliation if you're hearing the, the inner monologue and I thought that was done really well this week the way that they were she you know you could hear her kind of trying in in real time because didn't they have some back and forth on the phone or you heard her talking directly yeah. after Chris had been off the phone and yeah. so you could hear her in real time starting to distort things so it would start off mm. you know she's 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 selling it to him oh there could have been a party and then you hear her almost selling it to herself afterwards mm. yeah. but i i thought that was last week to this week was brilliant for for exactly that and um and that that was kind of like the reason why i disagreed with you last week was that she was in denial she genuinely 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 she wasn't fooling herself that um this was not at all a problem this week even though she hasn't really voiced it as such in her own head, she's there is a dissonance now. I have to go into the shed. I have to now lie to my partner about doing this thing. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to realise. And I think we have to applaud the scriptwriters to very clearly, uh, subtly go from last week to this. Yeah, we were just kind of a, a, a one step ahead, weren't we? And should have been a bit more patient, I guess. But yeah, Glyn made a really good point, I think, about how Alice was at the very end of the four episodes, which which was when she was revealing that um, she feels like she's never good enough. They're going to find me out. It's like imposter syndrome, or something was happening with her. It's like, which was hinting at partly, perhaps, why. Or entirely, I don't know why she's um, hitting the bottle so much. And the and the uh, and the vicious spiral therein, you know. Uh, um, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'm going to clean up. All I need to do is get myself straight today. I'll have a few drinks today because you know I'm feeling a bit rough after last night. Um, I've had a tough day, and then tomorrow morning I'll clean my act up and I'll I'll crack on. And then it's the next day and then the next day, the next day. And then that disappointment in yourself, even if it's subconscious, depending, you know, which week we're talking about, still feeds into that sense of disappointment and also, of course, impacts your ability to do anything about it. Yeah. So so sort of justifying every slip up. Yeah. But also at the same, also each slip up sort of feeds into the inability to. Um, you know, well, first of all, it's famously booze is a depressive and, you know, also it's going to affect your competence. If the underlying stress is your concern about being perceived the golden child and not being able to live up to that status, being constantly hung over, yeah. um, fatigued and depressed is definitely going to make that worse. Right? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. isn't it? You're, you're, you're cruising towards that crash, aren't you? It's sad, isn't it? I think the other thing which um, has been very good in the whole monologues they are really developing this major storyline which has been going on for at least two if not three years beforehand rumbling away in the background but what they really have done is to shine a light on Alice and Brian so we've known yeah uh, when they had to move out of home farm it was Alice that sided with Brian and was very much what was daddy's girl and we're now seeing uh, very clearly the pressure that Brian asserted on her for her to assume this management role at Home Farm, I think was totally right and proper, to be honest with you. But she perceived it as pressure. 
you know, we've always known that Brian liked to drink. Um, and we kind of have a sense of, is this kind of uh, copying behavior? Is this kind of some genetic predisposition because of Brian, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we've managed through these monologues, which a lot of us think are excruciating, to have the relationship between this father and his child and his daughter uh, really, really well fleshed out. Uh, we understand uh, it so much more. And I think we have to kind of slightly doff our caps and say not all of these monologues have been placeholders for that reason alone. Mm. Yeah. Brian was sort of the, 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 the dark matter to the rest of the universe in this episode, wasn't he? He didn't actually appear, but his kind of um, his touch and his influence <laughs> was everywhere all the way through it. And it's it it, it is absolutely I mean, You've got, you know, Adam has had to scrap and fight for every last bit of influence or control or promotion he's had on the farm. And here's Alice just given the keys, you know, at a moment's notice. And it does sort of lay bare how Brian operates and how he's gonna, he sort of runs like a little fiefdom. And even when he's retired, he's still sort of pulling the strings emotionally, if not sort of actually. It, maybe it was a bit implausible that Adam would go along with it and suddenly he's like, oh, Brian's pulled it all together and, you know... Um, when we were talking last week about it seemed the right natural thing to do when it's a family concern and there's a member of the family who could help out and who hasn't yeah. got work at the moment. That's how I saw it, that it was a logical thing to do, not that it was, you know, sort of handing the keys and sort of she should have earned that position or anything I like 100% that. I 100% agree yeah. with you. Yeah, I hundred percent yeah. agree with you. I think this week, what what uh, the way that my mind went mm. was, um, why isn't Adam reacting against it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, I mean, and and Alice, and Alice, sort of buckling under mm. the small amount of pressure she's been under. She's only been there a week. Um, she's had Adam. She's got Adam on the end of the phone. If she does need any advice, mm. um, you know, and she's already she's already starting to sort of show the strain and make some mistakes. But um, I was, I guess, you know, to your point, I guess I was just more surprised that Adam wasn't absolutely foaming. He will be when he finds out about the double time, double pay. (laughs) Monday started, if I remember correctly, Monday started with Adam getting quite cross about the fact that Alice had just been parachuted in. He was doubting Brian's um, uh, um, decision making. And by the end of the week, Mm -hmm. he was he was on the phone with um, Alice sort of saying, oh, maybe I'm going to be, you know, working two hours a week, um, you know, from Mm -hmm. a, a. a yurt at the end of the field where Zander and I will be sort of, you know, playing with anatomically correct dolls or something. I don't know. But, um, which is utter, utter, utter nonsense that we didn't buy it at all. Yeah. And surely, 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 um, this is somebody who his business uh, running that farm was his whole life. And he decides with his partner to become uh, parents. You would have thought he would have made provision for this. Well, before yes. Sandra was born of like course. it's just the whole thing's implausible yeah it was written in a way that we were supposed to go on this like emotional journey have this epiphany moment with Adam that you know he he can be around his son and he can take joy you know the joy of life and existence from seeing Zander mm. go through the various stages of being a, a toddler and it just fell flat yeah. And for him to turn around and say, oh, you know, I can work, you know, two hours or whatever. He doesn't. Yeah. As if. <sighs> as if. Well, even even Alice said, what's happened to my brother? Didn't she? Yeah. On that yeah. where he was revealing that this might be a plan of his. 
Great. Good. Yeah. Right. Okay. But we need to be rescued by the other side of the Atlantic, upper lower east west side. With a spoon, please. <laughs> hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Last week, I didn't have time to comment on Fallon's struggles with the cafe. The story personally hits home. It reminds me of so many restaurants in New York struggling to stay open and so many that have permanently closed. When you walk down the street, you see empty storefront after storefront with four rent signs. My husband is working hard to keep open the club and restaurant he owns, but its future is unclear. Currently, outdoor dining is allowed, which brings in some members. Meanwhile, the rent bill just piles up. The landlord isn't asking for payment right now, but if he asks for full restitution, we're in trouble. My understanding is that restaurants are fully open in England. So is there a disconnect in this story arc and the actual current situation? Well, that was bound to happen. In any case, Helen should be more supportive of her friend and continue to accept the partial rent. If our horrible New York City landlord can wait on his rent, she also can. As well, we have another case of a quote-unquote consultant in the person of Natasha spouting rubbish. Much like Angus, not Angus Haggis, of course, did earlier last year. In the meantime, I do hope that Emma doesn't lose her job. Doesn't the cafe have another non-speaking employee that Fallon can let go? Let's see how all this gets resolved. Talk to you soon. Um, Kerry, I know normally you jump in and uh, do the connective bit of tissue from Mm. the caller interrupt to us. But I'm just going to segue just very uh, briefly because, Mm. and this is not at all about me, but but it hit me somewhat in between the eyes yesterday. Um, Really good friend of mine in America. Mm. Um, She is a um, personal assistant um, she got a job two weeks ago uh, for this family. Mm. Just flown uh, to take up um, woman's taking a seat, C- taking up a CEO job at Cliff Bar, really big brand in California. Mm. It's a big job. She's flown in from Chicago, and my friend uh, really excited to be working with this family. And she turned up for work yesterday, and the seventeen-year-old son had killed himself and hung himself. No. And could you imagine anything utterly as terrible as that? On the, the the poor mother is thinking, very obviously, the problems and the issues that this uh, young man had God. went deeper than moving to California. But that was probably the straw that broke the camel's back, leaving his friends behind mm. and him feeling so alone new surroundings even though he had a new car from his parents they were incredibly minted that it forced me to ring all three of my children and tell them if you're ever feeling you know lonely Mm. ever feeling um, abandoned you speak to somebody you speak to me your mother your friends around you is just to say that we have a wonderful wonderful contributor to the program uh, with a spoon and, and what he does day in, day out is to help people to make sense of their world. And I cried loads yesterday and I've never met this boy. Mm. And the I just felt it 
for him, very obviously. Felt it for my friend who turned up for work. God. And was basically her boss opened the door and there's police cars everywhere. And she's blaming herself. Oh, good the grief. parents are thinking we were negligent as to how lonely he was feeling. He was three weeks in California. And then it just forces you as mm-hmm. a parent just to want to hug your children and just to make sure that they are all right. And yeah. this is such an epidemic. Young yeah. men killing themselves. I was going to say that. Young males have much more a tricky time, I think. To say that it needs to be addressed is, is so, somewhat trite. The, the, but we need to really address or to really look at young men and and how they feel. The first two deaths that I was aware of, other than old family members, were teenage boys, were friend, people I went to school with, mm. killed themselves. Mm. This epidemic just cannot go on. So thank you with a yeah. spoon for all the work that you do and the people that you help and that you counsel. If you've got a teenage child out there and if they're a bloody pain in the ass, admonish them, but also hold them very close to you mm-hmm. and hug them and make them realise that they are loved and valued because so many of them do not realise that they are. That's all I wanted to say. Mental health resources in this country are shocking, though, NHS-wise. Such a struggle. And Peter, Peter will back me up with this. They probably are shocking. You go to America and it's so much worse. I bet. They yeah. toss out onto the street their citizens that have any level of mental strife. And you see people who obviously in some level of mental distress that should not be... Mm out on the street, wandering up and down. You go to the Tenderloin in San Francisco and it's a dystopian nightmare. It's like a movie set of all the wrong things about capitalism. It's such a wealthy country. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a disgrace. disgrace. The amount of homelessness and it just goes on and on and on. So right here and now, I don't want to be a total shill for the NHS, but I'm incredibly proud of this British institution. Can it do more? Probably. But my God, there are countries that, that do it a whole lot worse. Oh, yeah, it's the best thing about this country, I think, the NHS. And it's tragically under-resourced. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> oh, my friends in California would uh, um, frequently sort of almost refuse to believe, you know, because we'd be reporting back about, um, mm-hmm. you know, the kid and just explaining all the stuff we got for free. This, uh, you know, oh, my God. Yeah. And then beyond the NHS, the fact that... Uh, my wife was able to, you know, we had to contribute a little bit, was basically able to look after him for the first year of his life. Um, our friends yeah. back in California, are, are, they're dropping their kids off at daycare two, three months in. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to try and be too um, neat and tidy about it, but I would be fairly confident that that will contribute to mental health problems later on for the teenage boys or and teenage girls. But back to Royfield's original point about that poor, poor young man. Mm. Yeah, uh, I've somewhat taken the wind out of uh, whatever Witherspoon said. Uh, can you remember what it was, Kerry? I, I can lighten I can. up and trivialise things if you want. Um, I used to live just above the Tenderloin in an area called the Tender Knob. So, and that's not me being tri- uh, childish. That's actually what it's called. Um, so, you know, there you go. I'd never heard of the Tenderloin place. Don't just just stay that way. It's really Great. grim. 
Okay. And it's not it's not like um it's not like sort of certain kind of uh, rough parts of cities where you can go there and it's kind of like oh wow it's edgy and cool and there's some mm-hmm. kind of it's not like sort of uh, Soho in the you know after the Second World mm-hmm. War it's just grim there's no other part of it. Anyway, back back to Witherspoon. He was talking about the cafe and the struggles uh, with you know in yeah, COVID he made a very time. good point, didn't he? Um, yeah. About um, so, and I thought I thought about this when when I heard Witherspoon say it. Um, mm. uh, you know, are there a lot of staff? But then, very very clearly, Fallon said, um, "You know, I've hired good staff." And staff is a bit like couple, few, several. Staff mm. for me is several. That is, there's yeah. you're talking three to five minimum. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more otherwise, than just Emma, isn't it? Exactly. So to, to Witherspoon's point, um, it's pretty damn. And also, to, to, you know, topic of the week last week, please leave Emma alone. Please, please, please leave Emma alone unless she becomes, um, you know, the, the, the Michelle du- Dubry of um, Ambridge. The who? Michelle Dewsbury was the, was the, I'm, getting, I'm getting every name wrong. She was she was the um, plucky. Uh, plucky young woman who did well on the um, on the Apprentice, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, ah, yeah. she was okay. the Rottweiler. That was her nickname, wasn't it? Yeah, it's very likable, if I remember. Oh, no, correctly. it wasn't. That was another one. Sorry, got that mixed yeah. up. Another mm. point with being mentioned was sorry, really, really quickly. Natasha's cod consultancy tips. How irritating were they? Like just very. go back, go back to using plastic and. Uh, and then he he remembered Angus. Do you remember Angus, who the consultancy person who had sort of shoes yeah. with no socks, and they really sort of mm-hmm. overspan him, didn't they, as being the B at Ambridge? I hate to I hate to concede it, but I think it, Emma is going to lose her job. And it's been it, there was another trail for it this week where basically Linda said she was on Team um, Fallon, and I think that was a clear nod. Emma's going to be professional in the moment, be a friend to Fallon, accept mm. the, the loss of the job. She'll find out about um, Natasha and Helen's influence. That is then going to kick off a righteous fury, which Emma is good at. And that's then all going to play out rather in an ugly, you know, ugly way um, uh, about the fruit and veg show. Yeah. And where's Bridge Farms conscious in all of this? Conscience, I should say. Oh well, no! I mean, um, it's not to do with branding, is it? You know, you know, mm. conscience is not <laughs> part of their brand, so we don't need to worry about it. Um, I, do you know what? I'm, I've, I've got a bit of time on my hands at the moment. I might actually do something they need to do. I might actually do the Bridge Farm brand um, document, given that's sort of like relevant to my my skill set. You know, just to see well, if I can. Pete, Pete, I tell you what. Why don't you start that whilst uh, Kerry and I listen to Brian? Fair enough. Get your felts out, mate. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Brian again. Two weeks in a row. Um, this week was our going on that. Um, lovely to hear from Linda. Sad that she was in pain and struggling. Um, then there was this strange drone on the recording, but that turned out to be Adam. I like to play spot the theme of the week, and I think this week is all about characters, images of themselves, and how they others see them. You've got Linda wants to be old self again, frustrated it's not happening. Alice is afraid she can't live up to other people's expectations, and that's surely in her drinking. Chris is fa- scared he's failing Alice. And then there's Adam. Adam thinks about crop yields and moisture content. I was hoping that an incapacitated Adam might be out, out quiet for a while, but <laughs> no, I should be so lucky. I'd much rather have heard more about the mysterious Edmund and his dodgy bird photos and Adam finally realising as a child that needs quite a bit of looking after. Um, 
Although, why is he now thinking about the childcare arrangements? Uh-huh. Anyway, it seems like Adam was doing all the childcare this week. He can manage that without... He can't move without either being drenched in sweat or morphine. Um, anyway, I'll leave you that charming mental image of a spaced-out, sweaty Adam. Um, <laughs> nice to talk. Give it, keep up the good work. Bye. Oh, darling Brian. Bless him. Love him. Um, you do like a Brian, don't you, Kerry? I do. He's so sweet. Really, really like him. Yeah. Uh, yes, the images of themselves is what he thought the theme was and how people perceive them. Did you think that was the theme of the week? I've never, I'm not subtle or cle- clever enough to ever spot these <laughs> themes. I just don't let it sort of wash over me. I'm kind of like, I'm like one of those kind of urinal deodorants. I don't sort of, uh, I'm sort of just playing playing a kind of passive but hopefully important role. Um, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, God. Yeah, droning Adam. Um, again, he sort of said about, you know, it's taken being locked in your home to realise he needs to think about childcare as well yeah i'm excited about edmund i hope he's not yes. um i hope he's i hope he becomes mm. a speaking character um i really really like um uh, jim mm. and uh, robert's relationship um i mean i might be risking that by sort of inviting a, another speaking character into it but i think we are due a bit more light relief hannah didn't really play out the way i hoped in becoming a kind of mm. another fun knockabout character in the village she just ended up being kind of sort of quite spiteful i guess she's due another run isn't she because it would be weird for them to invest so much in her and then have her drift away i mean we have got joy but i'm quietly hoping that edmund Mm. is gonna you know um be significant and for robert to do a reverse image search (laughs) oh that was brilliantly nonsensical it was wasn't it you know that just shows the the passion of his um jealousy about jim having another friend really in the bird hide yeah, and it did. It did remind me of a, a certain friend from Birmingham who got really quite jealous and upset last week, Kerry, about um, your and my frequent off mic conversations. Who's that? Adrian Lester. Hey, that's the one. Yeah. Um, um, and you know, and then and then you and I were forced to kind of um, have a conversation with him on the weekend to kind of patch oh, everything up and make it all better. We invited Royfield, didn't we? And it was lovely. It was. It was too bad. Well done, Royfield. We might do it again. Yeah. Patronising bastards. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Hi, Royfield, Kerry, and Peter. It's Cheryl here, a first time caller in from Cornwall, cunningly known as Cheryl on the Flick app and masquerading as a rabbit on the Twitters. I'm a relatively recent listener, arriving at the same time as the fair brethren. I'm really disappointed that in the last couple of weeks, the script writers lost the opportunity to completely kill Adam off. At the very <laughs> least, they could have given us a couple of weeks off with him being completely comatose. But no, we had that really dreary monologue from him last week. And he sounds like the most unfun, controlling parent. I can't be the only one wishing orphanhood on Xander so he can go back to Lexi for a better life. I agree with last week's caller in a Anish being alcoholically slapdash with birth control. And I think pregnancy possibly looms for both her and Fallon. The compare and contrast storyline between the two women's approaches. Unfortunately, I also fear the fetal alcohol syndrome storyline and just how disappointed and distressed Jenny Darling's going to be. But for me, the worst thing about the whole Alish alcoholic storyline is just the anticipation of how sanctimonious she's going to be when she gets into recovery. Yes, such a lot packed into Cheryl's call, isn't there? 
first time caller in or a well done, Cheryl. Please ring again. <clears throat> You're a fa fair brethren, which doesn't feel like that long ago at all. You'd quite like Adam to be killed off. So I, you know, welcome to my world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, he is an unfun, controlling parent, isn't he? Orphanhood would be nicer for our Xander. It's pretty harsh. <laughs> I, I'd love to see. I'd love to see a listener, a fresh listener, pick up against plotline chart because I think the Fair Brothers. That was a. That was a. You know, they're quite sticky. If you, if you, you know, that was your first experience of the Archers. I can see mm. why you'd stick around. Yeah. But, you know, Toby's fun. Rex is fun. They're both very likable. There's good inter interplay between the two of them. Rex isn't fun. Oh, he is. Well, he, okay, he's, no, he's, he's like a, he's a good catalyst for fun. Fun things happen around him. He's, he's a often good near thought, fun, but he's not fun. Yeah. They were both there, met actually. with horror when they first arrived by most yeah. of us. Yeah, Jill having kind of like agonised and quite sort of vocal flashbacks to um, oh yeah, uh, that was good. The Fair Brother Senior. You had the relationship with the lady vet who I can't remember the name of. Mm. Well. Just to back up um, Artie Kerry, very astute observations. But talking about obstute, 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 <laughs> astute, astute, astute <laughs> observations. Uh, I believe we have some electronic messages uh, Ooh, this yes, week, yes. Uh, Warburton. Yeah, mm. I'm finding them right now. Are, are you shuffling your papers? Am I Talk putting in a sound effect? Yourselves, yeah. I've got mm -hmm. them. Yep, here they are. Smashing, right. So we have uh, Christine has written to us and um, Christine says hi Royfield Kerry and Peter I have to disagree with Peter and Kerry as I find the self-delusion of Alice quite realistic and I've heard similar from middle-class friends e.g. the medical professional who has to have a glass of wine every evening but denies the definition that this is a problem applies to them admitting it to yourself is the first step that could lead to recovery she then goes on to say, on a different tangent, um, my plot prediction, although not what I want to happen, is that Emma becomes a professional childminder, perhaps just for Xander at first, but then add Rosie, then uh, Fallon and Harrison's offspring. I hope the scriptwriters do it properly for once. I assume she would have to set up in rooms at Grange Farm but it could turn into a nice little business and return some form of education to the village. As a first-time writer in Ura, I live in south-east England, am a civil servant and have listened since birth. <laughs> you poor, poor woman. <laughs> and I'm probably an Adam, although the first character I remember joining was George Barford. Thanks for the podcast, says Christine. So that was good. She, she's properly given the context of her arriving at the Archers and uh, who she is. But yeah, the, the first disagreeing bit uh, about me and Peter and the self-delusion, we didn't really say that it was the self-delusion that wasn't realistic, did we? But I think we've covered that earlier. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, I mean, we did, we did, I think, yeah, we did speak earlier on about how this week has sort of moved things more mm -hmm. in a direction that I think kind of uh, actually sort of builds a bridge. You know, whether you're on Team Royfield or Team Kerry and Peter in general or specifically, 
um, I think that this week, you know, it's moved in a direction where both we can all be right. Yeah. Um, her denial is there to be seen. And also some of that real world, that clash of the denial in the real world, like mm. I said earlier on, is sort of starting to um, reveal itself. Yeah, um, her I, self-awareness I can, of that is coming through. Yeah. I can see I can see a bridge between the two points raised. Alice is drinking and Emma starting up a kind of a caring a business for caring mm. maybe she could rather than children maybe she could start like a priory um the orchards <laughs> alone could probably keep her going for a year or two um yeah and that, you know yeah exactly that. just you yeah. know and that would uh, you know and, and it's also be a very convenient device for bringing in lots of outside you know colorful ex- outside characters mm. eddie might join or they wouldn't be able to afford the uh oh, he'd be making some money at the back be. gate yeah you know uh <laughs> oh, delivering yeah. bottles of cider yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, we, we, we also have the lovely Vicky Cole has written. Is that my Vicky Cole? Yes, it's your Vicky Cole. Oh, um, I love my Vicky Cole. I know, because last time she said um, she wanted to write so that she could hear me reading. So, you know, she's my Vicky Cole now, Royfield. Or I'll share if I have to. <laughs> no, she's yours. Um, so she says, um, greetings. Thank you, Yokel Bear and Millie Bell, for your loyal years of service. And welcome to the new team. So that's lovely. Here, here. Two things, she says. How have Adam and Ian not decided on childcare already? Many, many question marks <laughs> she has put in her um, text there. Yep, exactly. Um, and another gloomy prediction about Alice. I think to solve all the contracting problems that will arise, she will end up flirting with the other farmers and one thing will lead to another and then there'll be a baby and whose will it be? And there may also be the fetal alcohol syndrome, as I mentioned in my caller in last week. Oh, dear. Love um, to all from Vicky. Baby Tony with fetal alcohol syndrome. My good God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, that would be incest, wouldn't it? Who, could, who else could it be then? Sorry. Uh, actually, no. Which farmer, which farmer could you have an affair with that wouldn't be um, Brian? Uh, problematic? No, well, Brian, that's very problematic, isn't it? Um, but on a serious note, the fetal alcohol syndrome could be a sort of public service. Let's all learn about that kind of topic, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and I, I think we, we've said before that, um, that that's something that we don't know about, or at least Royfield and I definitely don't know about, and was and we could uh, are interested to learn. We, you know, we, we, will, we will steal ourselves to it and yeah. uh, reluctantly learn. I don't know about it either. So, yeah, yeah, that would be good. So talking about uh, competency, I think it's time for us to have a little break, draw breath, take five, come back the other side with Lillian. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. everybody it's Lillian here with this week's media social media roundup I'm a new voice to the podcast and it's the first time for me doing this so I'm a bit nervous I'm afraid however on to the social media roundup for this week um, we've had a lot of new members added to the group so that's good news and it's been very busy this week with lots of interaction which has been great also we've had some interaction on the other archers groups which has also been quite interesting so with our group i have put a couple of topics and polls up for people to engage with and you haven't let me down the first topic that i put up was about if you were holidaying in ambridge where would you want to book your accommodation I gave three options initially, which were Ambridge Hall, Grey Gables, or Grange Farm. Surprisingly, nobody went for Grange Farm, which I was a bit amazed about, really, because I think I'd like to go to Grange Farm, if only for one of Clary's great breakfasts, because that would set you up for the whole day. However, some people said that they'd like to go to Ambridge Hall and... Um, one person actually with a spoon said that he'd like to stay in the shepherd's hut, which I thought was a really cool idea. And um, other people said that they would like to go to Grey Gables. One person said that they'd actually like to stay at Grey Gables on an all-inclusive, which sounds like a really cool idea to me. 
And then other people said that they'd like to sofa surf. Some people said they'd like to go on self-catering. Other people suggested that they'd like to stay at spiritual home. So it all turned out to be quite interesting, really. So that was a good um, question that was answered. And then the other poll that I actually put up was... Yes, the other question that I asked wasn't actually a poll, it was a question that I asked, and that was, of all the silent characters in Ambridge currently, which ones would you like to see given a voice? And quite a lot of you went for animals, which was quite surprising in a sense. Um, Some people said that they wanted to hear Scruff. Actually, one person said that to me, and I thought they were insulting me. Until, they re- until I realised that actually what they meant was that they wanted Scruff the dog to be brought back from out of silence. Um, another person had said that they wanted Hilda. Whoa. That was a bit worrying because I thought, gosh, I think Hilda's actually made her mark, really. I don't think she needs to be brought back, but, you know, everyone to their own. A lot of people said they wanted to hear the gills, so that would be good. And some other people said that they wanted to hear Tracy's kids. And that would be interesting as well. So there were quite a few interesting answers. Some people wanted to hear Sabrina. I quite would like to quite hear Sabrina actually myself. So yeah, that was another good topic that we had on the group. There was a lot of merriment and mirth on Monday night when we heard Linda back to her old form. And then the roller coaster ride happened on Tuesday when she was very distressed and we were all a bit concerned. Um, in other groups, there was a lot of talk about, and in our group as well, there was a lot of talk about Adam and how irritating he's been this week. A lot of people were saying that they'd actually wish that He'd actually got run over by the tractor and not survived, which is a bit, little bit harsh. There was a lot more talk this week also about Alice and her alcoholism. There was a lot of talk on a, a lot of the groups about that. And also, one person on one of the groups, I can't actually remember which one, but one person on one of the groups had actually said that they predicted that she would drive be driving home farm office and that she would get run over little Zander and I thought oh no we don't want that to be happening that's a little bit too hard hitting I think so that was on the Facebooks on the Flick app chat we have had a lot of interesting stuff about the online flower and produce show There's a lot of pictures up there of different people's produce. And I think it's fair to suggest that um, Mr. Substances is now getting a run for his money, which is great. There was a lot of talk about um, the different ideas for the Flower and Produce show and Linda getting back on the committee, sorting out the ego trips between Fallon and Emma. There was another interesting item on one of the groups which I spotted which was um, Peggy's secret and it was all about how she had met and had an affair with Frank Sinatra 
it's a fictional thing, obviously, but it looks like a lot of fun. It's worth checking out. Um, and I think it's on um, Archer's Addicts. Not sure. But anyway, um, it's quite amusing. It's quite worth checking out. Well, I've gone over my five minutes, folks. So I shall post this. Bye-bye for now. All have a good week and stay safe. I'll let you into a little bit of a secret, listener. Uh, Lillian was really worried because a screen reader uh, was going off 10 to the dozen when she was recording. And she sent me a message saying, Royfield, I don't know if that's all right. It was utterly wonderful, my dear. And uh, don't worry about the screen reader. And actually, I quite liked it going off. Added a little bit of colour and texture uh, to your call. I did edit it out for you this time. But um, if you'd like me to leave them in, um, I don't mind leaving them in. Uh, but Lillian, uh, thank you. That's the third of our new uh, team showing you um, what's going on in the socials in the whole world of Archer's fandom. Uh, now, Warburton, Auntie Kerry. Yeah. Right. I want my ribs to be tickled. Oh, God. Tweet to the week. Okay, I will do my best. So, <clears throat> the first tweet is from Andy D. Make the Tea. And he's Andrew Davidson. Good start. I like, like his title. Made me smile. <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, and he says, if Brian can hide illegal chemicals on home farm for 40 years, I'm pretty sure that Alice can keep a bottle of vodka in a filing cabinet for as long as it takes her to drink it. In brackets, editor's note, not long. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yep, yep. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, then we have one from Helen Walmsley J, who is at the Vintage Year on the Twitters. Uh, she's an authoress, a uh, very good one as well. Uh, mm. She says, they're a bunch of idiots, aren't they? Alice is to the family business, in brackets, any business, as Trump is to democracy. Would, you, would you agree? Uh, Peter, do you agree? Is Alice no. Donald Trump? No, no, she's not. No one is Donald Trump. That's it's. It's like Trump is going to become. Uh, what's the, what's the what's the internet phenomena where people uh, compare people to Hitler? Oh yeah, that, yeah. There's there's um, a, there's, yeah, a, there's, yeah, a, there's a there's all kinds of science and yeah uh, statistics. About it always it. ends up where you talk about Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Go big or go Hitler. Yeah. Um, I feel that Trump, I mean, like Mitchell Law or something, isn't it? I yeah, Trump has it. become that in his own lifetime it's um yeah well hopefully he goes the same way as hitler let's see let's take him to a bunker this next one is from mg who is at greg om 10 on the twitters he says why does adam always sound like he's reading a voiceover script for a soft furnishings advert <laughs> can't be just me who thinks this can it just say off to google writers soft furnishing adverts <laughs> Good. The only problem with that Ian Botham one is that it makes you think of something else to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the tweet of the week. Sorry is... to interrupt, Kerry. Yeah. Listeners, do not Google. No, that. don't. Yeah. <laughs> the tweet of the week is when from Wendy Bradley, who's at Wendy Bradley on the Twitters. She put this stupid cast. Is no way to talk about your colleagues, Adam. Hey. No laughter, but an A will do. Well, done. well yeah. done. As I well keep said saying, it. you know, the invitation is open for either of you two to find these tweets. Well, I, I, I've said to Kerry before, 
And I do apologise to anyone listening. I don't laugh, or I laugh very, yeah. very rarely. But inside, inside, it's all unicorns and rainbows. Um, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not very effusive right, with my so laugh. You need to be the reader, Peter, and I laugh all the bloody time. So I think this is a we're doing it the wrong way round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I think you're going to uh, be okay. Uh, I, I'm going to make an executive decision, right? Because Peter beforehand i know it was just to wind me up before we went on air you were like boss this boss that you're the big boss man blah 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 right so you do some tweets of the week for next week okay all right no no problem and and pressure of auntie kerry don't you have a special guest on the next uh oh oh, crumbs yes i'm being i I should have let in with this i should have let in with this right Oh, yeah. Uh, listener, if you've got this far in the podcast, you'll be <laughs> pleased to know. Pleased it's a miracle. To know. Bringing out the big guns next week, we have Sonny Ormond, a.k.a. Lillian Bellamy, is going to be joining us on the podcast. We, she had that much fun with us um, on the Friday Zoom. And she said, Royfield, I'd love to come on your podcast proper. So uh, she's coming on next week. So if you've got a question for our Lillian, Best get caller in or in. Get on the old speak pipe uh, and uh, put your question, uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun with her. So presumably, from a selfish point of view, that means um, Kerry is going to be trying to make um, Sunny laugh with the tweets next Monday, and the week after it's my time to shine. Yes. Thanks, boss. Smashing. Dumdydum.com, go there. It's got shops. got awesome things you can do on there. So you can even go onto our shop or our store for our American friends and you can buy some stuff that comes resplendent with a word, dum-de-dum. So go on to dumdydum.com. You can also see Cosmo's wonderful podcast roundups and Mike Hatton and his wonderful character counts. One way of helping us out here at the podcast is uh, to either go onto Apple iTunes and to write us a review uh, because the more reviews uh, you write and if you give us a decent rating, it means that we go up those podcast charts and we got all the way to number three um, about six months ago or so. Another way you can help us out is by going on to Patreon and uh, donating $2 per episode. Now, I think you will all you know, kind of work, worked out that uh, to have podcast sidekicks of this caliber, as my mother would say, um, doesn't come cheap. So <laughs> Kerry's got a massive rider. She's got Ian Botham in the corner, oh, rubbing geez. her down just before she starts. Oh, uh, she gets on the podcast oh, no, and Mike Pete insists that we take out all the brown M and M's out of his, uh, you know, <laughs> out of his bowl before we get started, and other ridiculous peccadillos. So these pair don't come cheap. But on a more serious note, things like Speakpipe, which is the lifeblood actually of the podcast isn't for free so we do have to pay for some stuff around here just to keep the podcast up but then you go to patreon and uh give us two dollars per episode and uh we'll love you dearly also means that uh, you get a ringside seat uh for future zoom shows and just this week i've had a communication with sean down at the archers uh press office about getting barry who pays ed grundy on a Friday Zoom, Emerald, she's going to be back, and Ben Norris. So we're scheduling all of those in now. And I did send off an email to Charles Collinwood uh, saying, mate, let's get you back on. So 
if you don't give us uh, a couple of dollars per show and we understand times is hard there's a global pandemic there are other priorities in your life you can still watch these you can watch them on either facebook or on the youtubes but you just won't be able to get in there with the pro- proper dum-de-dum hoi polloi and, and ask a question so there is an inducement an incentive for you to uh, give us two dollars per show remember to get in contact you can send us a voice message via speakpipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message or send a text message starting with dumb to 077 uh twitter you know the drill. I say something about Twitter being the lifeblood, being the, the start, the genus, the point of copulation, where the really where the podcast was side. You've heard me say it like 200, no, 300 and odd times. I'll say the same old thing. I'll try and spin it in a different way. But Twitter is rather important to the whole world of Dumpty Dum. You get your tweets of the week there. Uh, you can also sidle up next to uh, Pete Fickling. Pete Fickling, if people want to find you on Twitter, how do they find you, sir? Pete Fickling smashing if you would like to read some uh rather dry and caustic tweets about the uh docudrama that we love from our kerry warbis how do they find you on on twitter kerry you'll warbis? never believe this but it's at kerry warbis but i'm k-e-r-i warbis, mm. w-a-r-b-i-s smashing and um an alumni of this good parish is uh yokel bear and um i think you should give him some love by going onto Twitter and typing in Yokel Bear. I can be found quite simply at Royfield, and that's R-O-I for India, F-I-E-L-D. Now, Facebook, uh, some people call it one of the most destructive forces in civil society since, <laughs> mm, I don't know, Hitler, right? <laughs> He's been mentioned in this podcast. Um, if you want to talk about helping to destroy uh, the commons, the civil space where human beings meet, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's got a thing or two to answer. However, there are some lovely bits of Facebook also, right? And one of those lovely bits is Dumpty Dum. Quite simply, go onto Facebook, go onto the group bit and type in Dumpty Dum. Now, you might see two Dumpty Dums. Do not get confused. The blue one, the one that which is a group, go join that. The group is, is kind of taking off. It's kind of awesome. It's kind of cool. And uh, the new social media admins are doing their thing over there. Another great place to go is the Flick app. Quite simply, you get your smartphone out and uh, you go onto your app store, type in Flick, download the app. When that downloads, then you type in Dumpty Dum. And then in your pocket at all times, you have a little set of companions like Drew, uh, Stephen Bowden, uh, Melly, uh, Cheryl, all the gang. And they just like talk about stuff on the Flick app. You'll catch me on there too. That's just about me done. I think you've been right royally entertained. You've had the archers uh, dissected. You've had Kerry do her thing. You've had Peter. <laughs> what, th- what did you actually do, Peter? Uh, Wittered. Uh, so in conclusion, I put it to my two podcast hosts. Good week, bad week in Ambridge. Auntie Kerry Warburton, what do you reckon? Oh, it would have been a good week had Adam not appeared. Concise <laughs> and on the nose. Peter. Yeah, good week or bad week in Ambridge? Well, both. Uh, it's really, really bad that Linda was in pain, but tremendous acting and, you know, scintillating to listen to. So, yeah, good week. Smashing. There you had it, folks. It was a good week and it was a bad week. ta a bit.
Bye. Well done, you there.